Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. We are past what I call the corridor of death, the uh, Wednesday before Thanksgiving to the day after Christmas. In terms of sports, in terms of having to deal with family, now we can get back to, you know, even though we have New Year's, that's, you know, that whatever. There's hockey, there's stuff that it just, we just kept get past all the holidays, and now we can just get back into the regular swing of things, which is a beautiful thing for me. And we go go to Russ for the free show. So let's let's really talk about one of the more miserable uh, hot stove off seasons in Major League Baseball. Because oh, like, yeah. if you're a Dodger fan, you're happy. But really, no fans of any other team are happy. Teams now have just sort of taken the tack that, well, two best guys are off the market, and now we're just gonna just try and underbuy anybody else. What's interesting is. Like fans always think, well, look, you guys went for Yamamoto. Now you have this money. You could spend it in other places. But teams aren't doing that. If they got Yamamoto, they were spending it for him. If they got Otani, they were spending it for him. But they're not necessarily spending it in other places. And I don't, you know, again, it's it's going to be an interesting season. But teams financially are sort of like giving up against the Dodgers already. Well, I was going to say, Jan, I think the thing that makes this feel worse, I mean, okay, the Yankees – got Soto, but they traded for him. And, he, you know, he's going to be out there in a year. I mean, we know Boris is going to take him to free agency. And, you know, maybe the Yankees sign him then if he has a great year. But it, he at least they at least gave up something for him, and it was a trade. And we know they all the reasons behind the trade with San Diego and their financial situation. But it makes it even worse for all these other teams that the Dodgers bought Otani and then the Dodgers bought Yamamoto, and it makes – you know, a couple dozen teams, you know, there are five or six big market teams, but the couple dozen teams that can't compete with that, it makes them feel like crap. I mean, there technically is a cap, right? There's a cap and a floor. There's a luxury tax above it. Right. We have seen historically that many teams would prefer just to get the revenue stream that comes in from the owners who are willing to spend as opposed to those who are just willing to play along in the background. And there's a couple who are willing to spend the money, right? I mean, the Mets had a $101 million penalty that he had to pay Steve Cohn, right? Right now they're not taking, they're not using those funds per se and taking it and plowing it back into the team immediately. They're probably going to be above the threshold. I don't know if they'll be above the second threshold, which is we refer to as the Steve Cohn threshold, because literally that got added in the CBA shortly after he joined the team. But the Yankees have shown a willingness to spend up to a point. We'll see what happens when Soto is a free agent, how much they're willing to go. They were only willing to go $300 million, Mike, as you know, because they refused to go above what Garrett Cole's making, which I can understand to an extent. However, Cole was signed, what, three years ago? Four years ago? The marketplace has changed since then. Every player usually gets more than the guy before him. That's how the salary continues to increase. And if you had asked Boris 
he would have said he was all for the Yankees probably going above and beyond for Cole, especially since Cole doesn't, I don't think, have any opt-outs that the Yankees would be concerned about having to up his salary. So this is the normal have and the have-nots in baseball. You can see what's gone on in Oakland, which is to a certain extent why they're moving, their unwillingness to spend money, their, their and the fan base is not necessarily plowed money back into that team. And until baseball figures a way to level the playing field, you're going to continually have this happening all the time, and it's never going to change. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of haves that aren't spending the what what they used to, and then and part of that part of that is the Mets. They're not spending to what they used to. They're they're not going to admit that they're retooling this year, so they're going to just you know they're going to get Lucas Giolito on the cheap. It's okay, but they're getting everything on the cheap, and they still haven't signed like Pete Alonso. So if this were like a regular year, Jan, I think. Fans would be expecting all that. They're not getting that. And that's happening all around the majors, not just the Mets. There are other halves that aren't spending either. And they'll yeah, spend a little is, bit, but that's is it. That, is that official that they're getting Giolito or is that no, just no, – No, they've, been, in the, they've been rumored to be in the mix. But the, I guess Mike, I guess the question I have for you, Russ, is other than Snell and maybe Montgomery, who in my opinion Montgomery's price tag is likely inflated because yes. of his playoff performance – who are you spending a ton of money well, out there for? Well, you spend it on Snell and J.D. Martinez because they don't have a DH either. I have no problem. You know what? I'm, I've been saying go get Martinez, and I've been saying go get Justin Turner. For, right. for weeks, I've been saying get both of those like, guys. Like, you know, all the like again, I understand Met fans' frustration because, because they have all of this money, they could literally meet anybody's price and don't have to play this waiting game. By playing the waiting game, you play a dangerous game and, and you could lose out. And I right. think – that's what has fans frustrated. But is either one of those guys such a high-ticket price tag item that you're talking about not spending money, right? Those aren't guys no, that you're spending be. $100 million for. No. No. And Martinez is a guaranteed 30, you know, 3100 I have no problem getting Martinez. Yeah. I wanted him last year as a D, as a possible DH option. So, yeah, it's it's weird, but we'll see if – I have a feeling nothing's going to happen until the after the new year now. Well, well I, I do – Good, Russ. Sorry, Mike. I, I do think that one thing that is happening here is, you know, you see the market here where, you know, Montgomery and um, and Snell, with Yamamoto gone, they're going to raise their price. And I don't know whether, you know, teams like – the Yankees are not paying $25 million for a guy that they traded a year and a half ago because they didn't think he was good enough to be a fifth starter. They like him but they're not paying him that kind of money. Now, somebody else might, and he might be good for them, but I think, and and he, he pitched well in New York, but they look at him, like, I think they're more willing to pay Snell because Snell won a Cy Young than a guy that they know, that they know there's a ceiling towards, even though Monk, you know, Montgomery and Snell are the same age. They're both 31 years old. So, yeah, but, I mean, but, it, it's um, going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Sorry, how, how, were the Yankees proven to be correct in that assumption? That he's not a. I, I don't. I, like, I think he had a good. He pitched well for the Cardinals. He pitched well for the Rangers in the playoffs. Do I think he's anything more than say a number four? No, I think he got hot. I, I wouldn't. Well, he pitched well for the Cardinals after he we went through the year before, also. Right. 2022, he pitched well down the stretch for the Cardinals, right? And that was the big consternation. Yeah. The Yankees got Fleece getting Bader, who ended up getting hurt. And then Bader had a little playoff run, which got everybody excited. And then Harrison Bader turned into Harrison Bader, a guy who unfortunately can't stay healthy can't and can't yeah. stay on the field. To me, I view Montgomery as a number three. I think that everybody's going to go after the other Japanese pitcher. 
is going to be the guy they're going to get who's going to really start having the market pick up a little bit. But the viewpoint is, I think it's Iwamuro, who, who they all view as a Senga type, and a Senga type contract might be enough to get him. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's start the show. Uh, Eck will be joining us uh, in a moment. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. I'm Jan Levine. We have NHL hockey back tonight, and we also have had the World Juniors, which have been fun the first couple of days. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Not NHLDraftBuzz.com. And I'm Michael Lichello. This is the Hockey Buzz. Sorry, Buzz. I'm answering Randy. Everybody's pissed off about the chat. Reboot. Everybody I know. needs to reboot, yeah. refresh. We, we're not disabling the chat. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we didn't do anything. Sorry about that. It, it's a, you know, it's a, yeah, it's not, we're, we're not doing it. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzz cast here on hockeybuzz.com. And speaking of re restarting, Eck uh, had to restart his computer. That's why, he, of course. Uh, so um, let's start with the World Junior because, um, you know, I, I, there are a couple interesting games today. You had Germany beating Finland. Um, now, you know, Finland, remember, last in the last few years, the, the Finnish junior team, they fired a coach. You know, they've had, you know, as much as. Yeah, that was back in 6, 17. In 17, right, I mean, they almost got relegated. Right. Now, you know, they, they've had some really good good players, but there, there's been a lot of sort of confusion going on with, with Finland at the junior level. And so far, they're 0-2 now. They lost to the Canadians, and then today they lost 4-3 to Germany. And I watched a little bit of that at the end. Uh, it was a siege at late in the third period, but Germany held on. And, you know, I mean, Russ, a few years ago, people thought, you know, Germany on the world stage in terms of a junior, not a power, but, you know, but now, now I think it's not a joking matter to say they're up there with, the say, the Swiss. And, you know, on that sort of second level below Canada, U.S., Russia, when they're in it, Sweden, they're now very respectable. They're, they've developed their their organization and, and and you know young players like you know Drysaitel a few years ago, Cider. There's a there is a birth of of quality uh, German prospects. Yeah, and then they don't have those guys every year. Um, but there is an interesting one, Julian Lutz, because he was a guy I talked about and wrote about on Sportsology in his draft year, and he ended up going in the second round, I think, to Arizona. This year he started off the year. Um, with no team, but then there were sort of rumors as to where he was going and it was up on the web. It was taken down from the web. It became like a thing because he had to wait for a certain amount of time to get a transfer agreement going. So he did. And he finally got to the USHL and the Green Bay Gamblers, 23 points in 19 games, super fast. He had a great game. And, you know, they, the DEL has always had speed. They may not pump those stars every year. But they have the speed. Look, I mean, uh, Hamanaho has played really, really well. The Devils prospect, and 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 so is Halchin in the, the the Sharks prospect. Some of their younger guys, Hellenius, You know, he's he's young. He had a good first game. He sort of like disappeared in this one. And Pelkinen's a six foot seven defenseman who got his skates tied up with somebody else, and when he fell, I don't think he was the same. So you know, they've had a little bit of bad luck too, and they're young mostly young so that's the thing the, the first two guys i mentioned are the elder guys they do have more actually i shouldn't say that they have a lot of nhl guys but none of them are real like superstars and i think 
that's what's hurting Finland. Not the goaltending. The goaltending is actually pretty good with Coco. Now, the, the other thing, um, I did see a lot of criticism of the U.S. that they only won 4-1 over oh, Norway, that they were that they were supposed to destroy them like 18-2 or something like that. It's like, you know, they, they won the game, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I can't really criticize a team for winning. They, did they win by enough? Listen, I, I look, I, I saw, you know, Goche maybe miss a couple of top shelves, but not every guy's going to hit every one of them. Nazar had a nice breakaway that was stopped. Uh, sometimes they don't go in. I, I thought they did fine. And that not the, you know, the way the first period went with nothing really going against them and their offense not getting started was something typical that happens a lot of times. In, in World Junior Tournament, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and by the way, but so right now Canada's up 5 nothing over Latvia, and Celebrini's got four points. Yep. So if you needed any kind of uh, reinforcement that he's going to be, if not the number – well, not the number one pick, one of the top two picks, there no, you go. Be the number one. Yeah. And if we were concerned about Canada yesterday because they only beat Finland 5-2, and it was a close game until the second, you can kind of throw that out the window. I mean, I think – First game of a tournament, right, takes a little while sometimes to settle in, which I think is really what happened. I think the U.S. got better as the game wore on. I don't think they were great. I, I think they had a lot of turnovers, which I think will get, get you know, ironed out as the tournament goes on. Um, but I, I wasn't like I was watching him going in panic, right? We saw how good Gavin Brindley is. And it was a guy, Russ and I talked a lot about the draft. as a guy I wanted the Rangers to kind of maybe get in the second round last year. I thought Columbus got a pretty good steal in getting yeah. him. They showed that he could score. And then... Um, you know, it's interesting in terms of, you know, right now, Slovakia is 2-0. and um, Gajin and Michael talk about, I'm sure Russ will talk about him, their goalie. Adam Gajin was great. He's been the player of the tournament, in my opinion, so far. At a minimum mm -hmm. for Slovakia, if not the tournament overall, and it's, it's leading up to, presuming the U.S. beats Norway, we could see Slovakia, U.S., both of them undefeated on New Year's Eve, which has normally historically been the Canada-U.S. game. But now we're going to get to see Slovakia, U.S. I mean, a U.S. Well, this would be is a, a favorite. This is a bad, a bad matchup, Jan, because yep. um, Mike Morial and myself, when we were in USA camp, we asked the coach, David Carl, about a bigger team like Slovakia and what about your smaller defense. And he said, well, we'll have the puck. We'll play inside the dots. All those things sound great, but Slovakia could <laughs> could really take advantage of, um, of their defense. And that's something that you worry about. Um, Gahan is, is terrific. Yeah, I wrote about him last year. I really think he – I'm working on a top five article right now for full press uh, for goalies in this tournament, and he's obviously in there. Um, they're, they're tough. And, you know, the Flyers prospect, Alex Shearnick, hasn't even done anything yet. He doesn't even have any points. And Hanzik is doing well now that he's healthy, which he's never healthy. He wasn't healthy in the draft last year. He only played five games this year. But – they're dangerous, man. So that's a game that I would worry about if I were the U.S. fans. And, Russ, I'll just say this before we're handing over to Eck. Um, Slavkovsky is 19 years old. I think, he, you know, he's only got 12 points in the NHL this year. The, the Canadians might have been smart to send him, but just imagine how the Slovakians would have been. How, how much? Oh, they would have been. I got to tell you, they'd be a medal team if they yeah. had Slavkovsky. There's no question about it. But that's, you know, that's Montreal's choice. And then, you know, Mike, you're and for Buffalo, Yuri Kulich had a hat trick. He's got five points. Yeah. So he's he's doing well. It's just they lost Adam Yurichek, David's brother. That's tough. He's out for the tournament. So okay. tough goings, but heck, let's talk some NHL. It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. Um, yeah, I love this tournament. It's one of my favorite things. And then of course daytime hockey. You can't beat daytime oh, hockey. Oh yeah, it's great. 
for us, you know, for people who work. Especially you know, 6 a.m. I know, especially 6 a.m. I mean, when, when's that on? You know, especially if you're, you know, I've, I've been getting up at all kinds of weird hours and everything like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I, Russ, I totally agree with everything you said about the Russian, uh, about the, about the U.S. Russian, the U.S. Norway start completely. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that so I, many times. We've seen Canada, I, Canada go without scoring on Latvia for a period, you know, that I, kind of thing. I think the thing that makes it look worse is the fact that Czechia beat Norway 8-1 when the U.S. only beat them 4-1. So it's like, you know, maybe they just caught them dozing. I, I don't know. I mean, all I, all I know is, you know, whatever. But let's, I mean, if you get a good goalie or, you know, or a, team, a team's nervous when they start, that's you're going to see that. You're going to see that, you know, that obviously – I mean, we remember remember Levi. Devin Levi, you know, was yep. kind of was you know was was a danger. Was you know was a dominant goalie for everything can happen. Anything can happen in this tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, we're getting into getting getting back into hockey. I guess the big thing I've been talking about today with, with people and the rumor I've been chasing the most right now is the um, is is the John Gibson rumor and what's going to happen with him, where he's going to end up. Um, I didn't think he was going to get traded this year at all. I, I really felt like that was a strong bet that he would be staying there. Um, but now I'm starting to be swayed that there's enough teams that are interested. And even though that salary is really high and, you know, and, and another, what, four years after this one, right, to go. Uh, I, yeah, think I, think, I, I think it's too much term. I think that's the problem. Another three years, yeah. Um, Anaheim, I think, they have some, I think they have some takers. I mean, we are in a league right now where there's a, there's a little bit of a hole for some of these teams at goalie. Some of these teams that think they're there right now, that they think they're – the Devils are, of course, a perfect example, that they think that they're – they're ready to win right now. And if they had Gibson, are they a Stanley Cup threat? You know, and they, they might be, you know, I mean, they, they might be. I mean, I'm not as big a Gibson fan as you guys know, but I still think that he's better than anything the Devils have. So, well, I'll say that I'll say this $6.4 million a year is not a ridiculous salary if it's no. a goaltender who you say, who you believe is a top five goalie in, in the league. And I think Gibson is a top five goalie in the league. He's just been in front of, you know, he's just been behind a yeah. really young, inexperienced, and sometimes bad defensive team in Anaheim for a number of years. When they've been able to play good in front of him, he's been great. The one year, the one year they were in a playoff spot. I think it was three years ago. They were in a playoff spot. I think in January, and he had like a nine twenty some odd, some odd save percentage, and he was like playing like I think he played like eighty five percent of their games, and then the la the rest of the year he had like an eight thirty save percentage because he's probably exhausted. Yeah, the only problem is if you're a team that wants him, you got to give up a first. You got to give up a top prospect. You also have to give up one of your goalies because you, you know yeah. you're not going to have this, the cap space for all of this, and yeah. and that's what makes this deal kind of hard. The Devils already they had Nico Dawes back out on the ice today. They have all three goalies back, yeah. so it's kind of like they're back at square one again. Well, okay, let, let's let's go through the teams because the, with the Devils, the cap space won't be the issue because the the belief there is a belief out there that Dougie Hamilton might be out for the year right. or at least out until the out playoffs. for the regular season. Yeah, right. So if he comes back, if it's a Forsberg or Kane situation where he comes back for game one of the playoffs, then they can fit in a goaltender making $6.4 million, which Gibson is making without, you know, now, and they have the assets too. They have, you know, Alexander Holtz and they have, you know, I don't know if they're moving Holtz this, I don't know if they're going to move Holtz this time, Mike. I think last year no. Holtz had a better shot of going. I think given the way he's played this year, I think the, the, the confidence they showed as being, being uh, rewarded this year. Sure. And the thing is, right, so if you think about Anaheim, right, so 
my Russ, you know, Seamus Casey's been talked a lot about in this tournament. There's a lot of de defensive depth, but Anaheim, Anaheim has drafted a ridiculous number of defensemen yeah. the last couple of years, right? So it's going to have to be a forward. The yeah. question is, is right, who, which forward can, right? If you're going to do goalies back, you can move Vanacek if you need to move some salary because he's at 3.4 mil because Schmid is an RFA after the year and he's only making $825,000 right now. Well, I mean, are you, if you're if you're Pat Verbeek, are you asking for Nemich? No, you don't I mean, ask for him. You won't get him. You don't get him. I mean, you can ask for him. <laughs> right. I mean, but see, that's the thing. Like, with you won't a, with get Nemich. You won't get Hughes. But Mike, yeah, this is the same gonna... thing that we go through in baseball. You won't get Nemich. You won't get Hughes. You won't get Mercer. But you might get their fifth best prospect, and that'll be really I think, good. I think Holtz could go. I really do. I don't think. I mean, when you look at where they are, chance, right now, but I don't think he's going. Yeah, but when you look at where they are right now, they really have a window, a little bit of a window right now, and they, they need to get a Stanley Cup caliber goalie um, or else they're not going to be able to do it. I mean, they basically are – the thing that separates them from everybody else that has a shot at winning in that conference is, is goaltending, you know, and that's – it's clear today. Like, Shesterkin, you know, obviously – Their defense act still isn't great either. That's the other part of this. They have a very young defense. They're they're when they when they lost Severson, they lost a very good all around defenseman. They also um, lost Graves. They lost Graves, who Graves, was also right. and they lost Hamilton now. Defenseman. You know, between those two, they had not been able to replace that. Sure, you put Luke Hughes in there and you get great offense, and right. you know he's marginal defensively right now, and that's so. Even getting the goalie may not be the the full answer for them. But they're still better defensively than the ducks are you know what i mean and, and the reality is like okay, sure. the reality is well the reality yeah is, you know, for, well for now but i'll tell you one thing yeah. and russell probably tested this the ducks pipeline of prospects from the defensive oh, line sure. is, is pretty damn good right now and drysdale you put another two in there and it's pretty close but you have to look at how gibson's played right and and he always played in front of that defense is what i'm trying to say like that he's played well enough in front of that defense to look to have these pretty good numbers you, you get a, you know, except for obviously not the wins. You put him in, you know, the, he's, he's actually is a goalie who like, who prefers to get more shots. You know, this isn't the devil's team from years past where they would, they would limit you to 25 shots or 20 shots a game. You know, he's Gibson has, there are some goalies that do play better with more shots and Gibson has been one of them. He has definitely, yes, that's been true. you know, so put him in as, I think he's, I think he gives them the confidence to be what they need to be. And, you know, if you, if you have to give up hope to get a chance at three legitimate Stanley cup runs, you do it. I think I don't, to, I don't think I don't think you pause on that one. But but to Jan's point, the Ducks have they have Drysdale, they have Menchukov, they have Zellweger. So they their their pipeline and they have is Luno is also low. who's playing. They have Luno who's playing for Canada also, isn't he? No, that's all that's all true. But my point was more about what we've seen about Gibson so far with the with the Ducks defense. You know, with where the Ducks defense is right now, like right. No, no, no. I mean, right, right now. I mean, the, I mean, those guys are a year or two away. But right now, I mean, by the time the Ducks are ready to be a contender. John Gibson's contract is up. He's not going to be the he's not going to be the goaltender when that team is ready to contend. So right. if you're but doing, he could the, easily be the goaltender for the Devils for the next three years, right? Or, year. or or some of the other teams that you mentioned. Now I'll I'll quibble on a couple of them. Why would John Gibson want to play for the Hawks? They're in a worse situation. No, than he the wouldn't. Hawks. No, I, I I don't think. Now the Sabers. This is this is the thing that I, I you know is not you know okay would. 
Should they be interested in Gibson? In my estimation, yes. But apparently the promise was made. This has been reported by a couple of different people. The promise was made by the Sabres organization when they signed Devin Levi that they would not bring a goaltender in from outside the organization. I think that was asinine because I think you're, you're yeah, resting. Guy, he can't hold him to that. That's like, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 what is it? I mean, that's, that's an expiration date. Promise ring in high school and taking it back. Like, come on. Well, that's definitely an expiration date statement there. You know, like there's yeah, I, I would I would I would agree. I mean, if they I don't know if they agreed not to send him to Rochester. They ended up doing that for about a week. But but I mean, I, I agree with you. It's like I mean, I I don't think they can be held to that. But honestly, you know, once you've got the guy signed to a contract, you're locked. You have him locked up for seven years. So I think you'll get over it. You know, but the thing is, if they had gone out and traded for Connor Hellebuck, I I would understand him being. I just off. think the problem with Gibson is he's got. Too many years left, and that might upset Levi. But if they brought in a goalie that has one or two years, I don't think it'd be a problem. Right. If they would have brought in Cam Talbot on a one-year right. deal, it wouldn't have been right. a problem. I don't think I don't think Gibson's their guy necessarily, but you know, no. maybe I mean, Marshall would be a better fit for them in some they, ways. But they love they love their USA hockey guys. But I don't think I just I, I don't think that the Sabers are going down that road, and I don't think Pittsburgh Pittsburgh just made a long-time commitment to Jari, and unless Jari is part of the deal. I know that Gibson's from Pittsburgh, and that, that that's always yeah, that's been one of the reasons his name always comes up, obviously, with the Penguins. But right, but the reality is, you know, I think Jerry would have to be involved in that deal. That would be now, part of it for sure. Of course, and, the, the yeah, other team would be too. Yeah, the other team that you mentioned was Toronto, yeah. and in terms of their goaltending situation, yeah, of course, Gibson would make a lot of sense. Um, I don't know how um, they would make it work because. The whole point of bringing Gibson in would be to bring Gibson in and keep Nealander because they, you'd make the you'd make the Gibson move to improve your Stanley Cup contender status. Trading Nealander, unless unless Brad Treliving is of the same mind as me, is a, if you can't get him signed before the right. deadline, you trade his ass. I mean, this if might be if if they know that they can't bring him back, and and or if they're really, if nothing else, you know, with an, with the Nylanders in general, like his dad was the same way. No one knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, but they're talking, they're talking a good game. I mean, everybody's saying they're ne- they're still negotiating that Nylander wants to stay in Toronto. Yeah, blah, that, blah, that, blah, blah. that happened with no, really good. That, that happened with his dad too. Like his his dad, the same. He did. The only happened. difference here is that he does want to stay. I think he wants to stay for sure. I do it's been long known that he wants to play in Southern California, that he wants to play for the Kings. And that's been the question mark that's always been out there. Well, getting to the Ducks isn't getting you to the King. Yeah. See, this is the thing that this is the thing that infuriates me about not just you know this situation, but in all in all situations in professional sports, these players say, We I well, I want to play there and I you know I, I want to stay. Okay, well. To do that, you have to probably take less. And there is no taking less in this situation. The talk coming out of Toronto is that Nylander wants $11 million a year. Well, you're going to get it someplace else because they can't afford that. What if they ate like 30% of his contract and took Brody back? What would the money look like then? If they ate, if if, if like thirty percent of the contract and the du- if the, back, if of course the they ate, have to give up, you know, picks and stuff. If the Ducks ate up eight thirty eight thirty percent of Gibson's contract, yeah, 
Well, it wouldn't be Brody. They would, they would probably have to send them Samson off because Brody is just as intact. Their defense is, is shorthanded right now. Right off, we'll leave about yeah, four points. Russ, they may tell we'll them. Little, they may tell we'll them we'll to jump Samson off. But he's only got a year. He's on, this is the. This is it. He's a rental. He's he's up after this year. I mean, they need a goalie to 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 fill. Yeah, but they Gibson. need an actual piece too. Gibson's a big. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That that's on top of the pieces. I'm I mean, I'm assuming that in in a in a potential leap Gibson deal, the first round pick is involved. Probably one of those prospects that are playing for Canada is involved. Either Cowan or Minton. You know, yeah, maybe you have to get the money to work. Right. That's the that's what I'm saying. Samsonov's making three point five. Yeah, but normally, okay, so the reason why I don't think the Ducks would do that is because normally you would have to give up something to get them to take Samson off. I don't think they're going to take Samson right. off, off your hands just for that deal. And, um, and the reality is, the reality here is that, you know, Gibson's a very popular player in the, in that in that town. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's like one of the most popular players in that town and um, has been for a while. You need to, if you're going to trade him, you need to you need to do something that, that is on the level of Nylander coming back that you can sit back and say, okay, we got... We got Nylander. We got a star player. Well, okay, and, and if it, it's it, a bunch of little pieces, let's say it's that Eck. Let's say it's that. Let's let's say yeah. that that uh, um, that Brad for Living has given uh, Lewis Gross permission to talk to the Ducks. Yep. Then it's a one for one. It's Nylander for Gibson. There's nothing more. Yeah, I agree nothing. with that. I don't know that you could say there's nothing more, but it's. No, I think they would take that deal. No, I mean, I, I think that's just yeah, it's a safe deal. It's a, it's a safe deal that that would be one for one. That would be a fair deal, one for one, in a lot of ways. Um, because it, it could be sold to the Toronto. It could be sold to the Toronto fan base that he and, wasn't going to sign here, and we got yeah. something for the next three years. Well, if you're yeah. if you're Anaheim, why are you doing that? He's a UFA. There's only no guarantee you're going to sign him. Extended. Only if, only if extended. you see if, if, if Mike if yeah, Mike's and, there, okay. you have permission to talk to him. You know he's going to stay there. Like if you if you work out a deal. Ahead of ahead of that, yeah, right. then you're okay. But it has to be. I mean, they're going to have to, and they know this. They're if they're going to treat Nylander, they're going to have to get permission to talk to to his agent. And they, I've heard they already have. I've heard there have been situations where they've already had people talk to his agent because that's the only way you're going to get get anything value for him. So, you know, so if if you're giving Nylander eleven million dollars, what are you giving McTavish when his con when he's ready for his next contract? Well, he's, he's not getting anywhere near that anyhow. It doesn't matter. Okay. He hasn't I mean, they, they'll do the same thing with McTavish that they did with Zegers. They right. waited them out, right. and, they and then Zegers waited the whole off season, a whole off season to sign. Went from zero to sixty, ramped up, strained his groin, and missed the next two months. Right, but the Ducks are going to be like, "Hey, tough luck, kid." I mean, that's part of the process. Yeah. I mean, this is, Ducks, this is Verbeek. The same. He's from the Steve Eiserman school. Right. He's going to hold them to bridge deals to, yep. to make you earn your money, yep. and that, that's you know that's the that's the way it goes, kiddo. I mean, I mean, Eiserman has Eiserman hasn't even guaranteed that he's going to pay Mort Sider, and Mort Sider was, you know, is is a great defenseman. It's like they may they make them earn their money. Yeah, and and you can argue if you're going to be a good team, you're going to have to have a couple of players at ten or eleven million. So it's not like it would be impossible for McTavish to be there too. You just can't have four. Right, you can't. You can't, you can't say that. I mean. By then, with the cap up, Mike, you can have four. Of them. No, no, no. I'm saying right now. I'm saying oh, right, right now. now. Right now, the Ducks don't have to worry about that. You know, the Ducks don't have to worry about any of that because they, no, they I, I'm play. making a point about. I'm making a point about Toronto. I'm saying you can't. Yeah, have no. Four Toronto players. does have to worry about it, and they, Toronto yeah, the doesn't. And because Dostal is not going to cost them any money for a while. No, 
And there's no way that I don't think there's any way that the the Leafs can get Gibson without Nylander in that deal. And I just think that I think that's the only only possibility that's there. From what I, the people I've talked to, at least, so that's the only that's the only way it happens now. Because because of the because of the money, just in general, they have to get rid of him too. So it's a matter of it's a matter of getting rid of that money to bring Gibson in. It is a good fit if they are convinced that Gibson isn't. If they are convinced that Nylander is not signing, it does make sense. And I think that that's what it comes down to. It. Because you do have you do give yourself a good goalie. Yes, you're without Nylander, but you know, hey, Nylander could blow out a knee next week, and you could be without Nylander too. So well, you might as well I mean, at least give it a shot. The the the, the I mean, the, the unfortunately, the scenario that has been. I mean, Nylander is the guy that should be moved because he's the only one with no trade, no move, only one without no trade, no move protection. But people are under this this fantasy that uh, what's going to happen is they're going to sign Nylander to an eight-year extension, and then they're going to trade Mitch Marner in the offseason. Mitch Marner's got a no-movement clause. Why would Mitch Marner waive his no-move unless on a new deal he gets eight years from somebody else? He, you know, He's from the Toronto area. He wants to stay there. Well, he definitely wants to stay there, but there's also – you, we don't know what's going to happen with the Leafs in the playoffs this year. Like that's the other thing you have to throw into, into it. You know, if the Leafs go belly up in the playoffs for some reason and just have a and just have a terrible another another well, round, be, then this could be made at the draft. I think it's more of a draft trade too. I do. Well, yeah, I think that's more of a draft trade there. It, it, you know, but the idea of the Gibson is more of an out trade. Like you know, Marner's not. We're not talking about Marner for Gibson. We're talking about Gibson. No, we're talking Neil Marner now. Yeah, I know. We're talking the trade for this year. A, t- a trade to get the Leafs over the hump this year. Um, because they don't know who their goalie is going to be in the playoffs, and that's what it comes down to, right? So that's no, that's, that's what's happening now. Now I'll bring this up because this this is just the will stick in the craw of of Russ is that Patrick Kane is proving Russ wrong. <laughs> I mean, um, I said he needed more runway. He's not really proving me wrong. Last year, I said it was going to be a bust. I did not say that this year. I just said he started off slow, but I now, also said he needs more runway. Now the interesting thing about this act is that. Patrick Kane has no trade protection in the deal that he signed with Detroit. And the, right. the speculation out there is if Detroit drops out of the race, which, you know, not the, they're not out of it it's yet. It's like but, a 50-50 shot there, right? I mean, that, that makes right. it, it's 50-50. But he, he, could, he could approve a trade, and they yeah. would then be able to move him and get something for him for their yeah. trouble of signing him to a one-year deal. And, and believe me, there are teams out there right now. I mean, I just saw an article regarding uh, the Boston Bruins and their need for a winger. I think they need a center more than they need a winger. But yeah. if you're, if you're going to go out and, you know, they were supposedly in on Patrick Kane before he signed the deal with the Red Wings. I mean, I don't know, Russ. I look at and this the the Bruins are playing the Sabers tonight. I look at the at the Bruins with Zaka, Pavel uh, with, with Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, and Connor Geeky, or, or Morgan Geeky. Excuse me, Morgan right, Geeky yeah. as as your as your one two three. That is not exactly awe inspiring enough to get them. I think past the Rangers or past some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference. I no, think. They need- but there is a way to get away with it. Like they could get, if they had to, if they got like a second line center, they're never going to get a first line center. No, Lindholm. Lindholm. Yeah, Lindholm's the guy. Yeah. I, you know what? Honestly, I don't think they're going to bankrupt their team to get Lindholm. No, I mean, I've heard Tyler Johnson is, is in Boston. Yeah, I could see them doing Tyler Johnson or something. The point is, Mike, when you got a guy like Pasternak on the top line, yeah. he does cover up a lot of ills. Sure, so, sure. I mean, they 
they could get away with it, even if they got Tyler Johnson, personally, yeah. I wouldn't want to break the bank to get Lindholm. I would take Tyler Johnson cheap instead yeah. of that because I he is a guy that is is decent at the position, and I'm only yeah. asking him to play third line center. So if you're, if you're talking about a guy who's with tons of playoff experience, who's been through, sure, uh, sure, but he's I don't think he's, that Boston team without yeah. a, without a hit. I don't think he's a difference maker anymore, Jan. And I if I if I'm oh. if I'm going head to head, I'd rather have Zabinajad and Trocheck than uh, well, than obviously, Saka but and, I think I think if it's not going to be Lindholm. I think if Mont- Montreal is going to move Monahan, so I think the other guy that Boston could end up yeah, going for Monaghan. is Monahan. I'd rather look this way. I'd rather have Lindholm. I think both look when they lost when they lost Bergeron and Krejci, we knew that Boston was going to struggle. They didn't have the cap room to bring in a guy who was a number one or a number two center, and they're making do pretty well yeah. with the guys in which they have. But they clearly need somebody else for the playoffs, either a second or a better third line center who can move up to a second line center if need be. Well, and both of those guys can kind of fill that spot if necessary and give them an uplift compared to what they have. They're coming back to the pack a little bit. They come coming uh, going into the break. They lost four games in a row. They lost two in overtime and two in regulation. At the, and, and you know, so I'm not saying that they're you know they're all of a sudden a bad team because they're an, an excellent defensive team. I just think they need to add somebody uh, of quality up the middle. Now Monahan, you know, I've I mean, heard he's Monahan on offs He's 57 percent on faceoffs. Yeah. So they don't lose there. I right. just think, will he even be healthy by the playoffs? Well, that, that, that's, the, that's the question. That's that's the, I mean, Montreal, Montreal. Act when we start, uh, you know, doing the, the doing the trade the trade rumor uh, list. You know, as we move closer to the deadline, you yeah. know, Montreal is going to be heavily involved because Monahan Monahan's under two million bucks. David yeah. Savard's a right hand shot defenseman. They've yeah. got they've got players that teams in. In, in the contending teams are going to be interested in. It's not only going to be Calgary. It's going to be Montreal and a few other teams as well. Oh, for sure. Montreal is going to be right up there. And, and they, there's a big push for Montreal to get better quicker. And, um, you know, so they, they, can, there, they don't seem to be pushing that way. Yeah, but you'll, let's see what happens at the deadline. You know, like if, if who they, wants to go there? That's the problem. They can't get free agents to oh, sign. Not, not. I think with St. Louis as a coach, they have a better shot yeah, now. It's not that hard agent. to get people to go to Montreal. They're I'll, not I'll, that far off. I mean, they've shown. I'll give you my. I'll give you my conspiracy theory because I heard a couple days ago. I think it was Kevin Weeks was saying he had heard that Stephen Stamkos was going to sign a, a deal uh, with Tampa. I will. You know, if Marty St. Louis is the coach in Montreal. And and Stamkos hits the open market. You don't think Montreal is going to go after Stamkos? Of course, of course they, they might. They might. And and again, my opinion is honestly, I think David Savard is going to end up getting a higher price in, in a trade than you will Lindholm and Monahan because of the need for right-handed yes. defensemen. No, I I agree with that. I think the problem with Montreal is with with Kirby Doc being out for the year. You don't know where he's going to fit. He was doing pretty good last year. Yeah. yeah. And he was out. He's going to be out this whole season. You don't know what that's where that's going to leave you, and so I think that's they're going to have a problem at the center position too, most likely. Yeah, the, the two most attractive commodities, even though they're not big, you know, really, you know, big impact guys in terms of offense, are going to be Savard and Chris Tanev, right hand shot defenseman. Yeah, I mean, Tan, Tan, Calgary is going to get overpaid for Tanev, overpaid. That's why that's why I said, you know, in terms of Toronto, I don't think Toronto is a legitimate Stanley Cup contender this year with their defense where it is and their goaltending where it is. So why would you trade a first round pick for Tanev when Tanev you can get him in the summer for nothing? 
Because if you're in the playoffs and we saw what Vegas did last year, you get a big body defenseman to yeah. go along with the rest of your team and you in, you increase the shot of you going for You don't think Toronto could use a guy like that? No, they, seriously, they, Mike? They, Come use, on. they could use three like that. That's the problem. Right. And they're not if your defense is gone right now, they need they're, something. They're not, they're not going to sit back and, and not Toronto is not in a situation where they can sit back and say, well, this is not our year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Two more things about do that. Montreal. Um, I certainly was right about Christian Dvorak. He – while he's still good on faceoffs, he was never going to be a 2C there. And he's probably too expensive to trade. But Mike Matheson can probably get dealt again, too. He's having a good year. Yeah, but he's got, a lot of, he's got a lot of term left. Yeah, I don't think they're dealing Matheson. Two years, 4.875 mil. It's kind yeah. of tough. Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, it depends on what what Mike Matheson we're getting here. Like that. Oh, I mean, he's got 25 points. So oh, Right now, yeah, I mean, it's great, but he – he hasn't has done that long, and he had a good year last year, obviously. But I mean, isn't that the same as what Petrie's money was? They got plenty of cap space. They could yeah. they could hide some of it. Oh yeah, yeah, they could, they could for sure. Matheson has stepped in as a number one power play defenseman fairly well for Montreal. I just don't think they're moving him right away, and I think the term obviously makes guys like Savard and, and Tanif a lot easier to trade than a guy who's got even with the cap going up. Yeah, but they have to be weary. He's not going to resign there. He's, but he's got two years, so there's no reason to move him yet. I well, to answer Andrew's question here, I don't think Jake Allen is enough of a difference maker for Toronto in terms of a goaltender. And you know that you know with the number of teams out there that are looking for goaltending, that Montreal is going to get paid pretty well for Allen. I mean, he he could be the goalie that the Devils go after, and he you know they could get a second round pick for him. And Toronto doesn't have a second round pick the next two years. So I don't yeah. think that, you know, that's, and his salary is, I think it's in the threes. They well, can't, you know, another, team, another team that could be looking for a goalie is um, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're down to their fourth string goalie now. They may have a, a goalie from Alaska make their debut tonight. Yeah. Or they're going to go with Yuri Patera, who's, you know, played a little bit. What, Hill's hurt again? He's hurt. Yeah, he'll He's still hurt. out. He'll still out. And I think Thompson's got an illness, right, yeah. Russ? Yeah, yes. So they're, they're no, they the, you know what? They they'll still go to the cup year. finals. They'll I would get an ebook and still go to the cup finals. I, <laughs> I would say call Dylan Ferguson or maybe Aaron Dell, but Aaron Dell's playing in the Spangler Cup right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Heck likes Aaron Dell. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I they said I like him at one point. Yeah, who's the Swiss goalie? Who's the Swiss goalie that he loves? I don't think he's your answer Mark. right now. Not no. Martin Gerber. Who was the, I, I can't think of it. Or do you no. like David Abisher? I, I wasn't on. No, the no, 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 no. Or, or, or okay. yeah, there was. Oh God, who was it? The guy who played for Detroit. Detroit that Eck loved. I can't remember. Or St. Louis. Who was St. Louis last year? I think. Luckily, yeah, I can't never, remember. Never mind. Yeah, we don't have to. Re we don't have to. Remember. We don't have to um, we'll find a videotape somewhere. Somebody's got it. I'm sure someone in the That's chat room is going to say it in a second. I was never a big Mike Hutchinson fan. No, not Mike Hutchinson. No, no. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I did something yesterday which I thought was kind of interesting with my, with my readers. Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice. Oh, oh it's 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 I just going to let you have it, Mike. Sorry, I knew who that was. But I knew somebody would get I that. I now pronounce you husband and Grice. No. <laughs> So I did something yesterday that I thought was kind of fun to look at. Um, we don't have, we don't, since there's not a whole lot of other really pressing news right now and not a whole lot of rumors going on right now. But that is the, um, with it being Boxing Day yesterday, and which, you know, historically, 
is a day that you take back things um, that, you know, I've never understood it. I've heard both, both, both terms for box day. One that you box up your gifts. You didn't like and bring them back to the store. Another that you box up your box up your decorations for the next year. I don't know which it really is, but let's just say it's, a, I don't either. Let's just say it's the first one. Um, the, so boxing day, you know, if on your, on your team, if you were allowed to make one return, essentially like you're allowed to take a player that you signed and, and, and return them. You're allowed to take, you're, you're allowed to reverse a trade that you made um, or take a, take a, um, you know, any player at all. Is there a player like, you know, looking at like say Jan with the Rangers, um, you know, a, one thing that you would do on one player, you return one trade, you would reverse if you had a chance to do that right now. Can I go back to Rick Middleton for Ken Hodges? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, mine is mine is extremely low hanging fruit, and Russ will know this, and Jan will know this because this is a former Ranger. The three year contract to Ryan Reeves was an absolute abomination <laughs> because I, I mean, if, if it was Ryan Reeves from three years ago who could actually move still, yeah, then fine. Well, like, but, it's no big deal. It's variable. That was your whole. But no, 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 no. It is, it is variable. But I'm saying, I'm saying, if I could get out of it completely clean, sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there are other moves. No, you you know, this, is like, right. this, is a, this is a free, free pass. You're allowed to take one. You're allowed to make make one. I mean, is that the best you got right now? It's Reeves. I mean, Reeves is is important. Well, I mean, Russ would Russ would say Klingberg, but Klingberg's on LTIR, so no, I it's mean, like, he's already out it's of like it never existed. So it doesn't right. matter. Right. 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 What well, about you, Russ? The Rangers. Reason the choice for them. Russ, you have a Rangers Rangers pick, the Rangers player in the recent time, a trade in the recent time that you would definitely undo. Would it be Patrick Kane from last year? Well, <laughs> but that's I mean, not, they didn't give up a ton for him. I, I mean, yeah. I that was just dumb. But uh, if there was one, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. You think about you it know, for right a second. Yeah, Barkley Goudreau. Barkley Goudreau. If you could get that off the books. Yeah. It would change I, the face. I of don't have a problem with Goudreau because I look we'll at what I look, money, at, I look at what Blake. Do me a favor, take a look at what Blake Coleman is making compared to Barkley Goodrow. I don't and care. Then Blake Coleman me. was overpaid too. Three point six versus four point nine million. You don't think Barkley Goodrow is overpaid? I, I, I would God. not have given him. I would have given him two point seven five million a year. Although all those all those second third liners from Tampa Bay all got overpaid. I mean, yep. Yanni Gord was making what He's five and way a half million overpaid. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, now, and that's typical. That happens, you know. Now, okay, I'll, I'll, I don't agree with this because I don't think that they were going to get much more based on where he was when they traded him. But there are some people now that are saying the Sabers did not get enough for Jack Eichel. That Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, yeah. their number one was not enough. Now, of course, the yeah. looking you didn't at know that then, like right, right, right. That's what I'm saying, Russ. And it's like hindsight is 2020. The guy, you know, just because the guy won a Stanley Cup. You know, now now you want three first round picks and like you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't yeah. work that way. At that point, he was damaged goods. You didn't know what his career right, was. Exactly. Like. He had a lot of speed and scoring ability, and it just he's never put it together. So, well, I, okay, I do think that Peyton Krebs has sort of been blocked fourth line center and being like a, an, an right. antagonist. I don't you know. I don't think they're taking advantage of his offensive abilities because, because they have, because they have Tage Thompson and Dylan cousins. That's really and, good for them. Tuck is not a right. No, no, no. I right. But, but people are saying that because, because Eichel won a Stanley cup and because Eichel was, well, guess what? he didn't want to be there anymore. It right. doesn't matter. Right. He didn't want to be there because of the way the organization you know, treated them, 
And, uh, and then, you know, there was some, inter, you know, like, I, I just think, I mean, could they have gotten more for him? Yeah. I think they got, the, I think they got the best deal they could for him at the time. But now, of course, after the fact, since he won a Stanley cup, now there's a little buyer's remorse. Yeah. And I will tell you for the flyers, it would be, you know, risk alignment, obviously. I think it's risk alignment too for flyers. Yeah, I do. And I think that, you know, quite often you, you not get because to, he stinks. It's just the amount of years, what they're paying them for, what they're using them for, just doesn't line up. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do I'll do this. Fires, it's a different one. I'll okay. do this. Ra- I'll do this rapid hey, fire. Let him say. Let him no, say. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, um, yeah, and you know, for set, my I'm I'm spacing on his freaking name right now. Why the hell am I spacing on his name? Um, you you keep going on. I'll, I'll get his name one second. Couturier. With no, the, no, 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 no. Uh, Mike, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go rapid fire here. New York Islanders is J J G Pajot trade and yeah. signing. Yep. No, no yeah. doubt. And and and, 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 and maybe the Kyle Palmieri signing because I think Palmieri's done well this year. I would say no. Uh, Columbus, the Patrick Line deal, and then the 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 Line contract extension because yes. you could have, they right. could have gotten a return for Dubois like Winnipeg did, and that right. would have helped them out a lot more right. than getting Line and then signing Line and then yeah, they got Gabe Velarde in that deal, right? I mean, Gabe Velarde and sure. Ayafalo and Pari. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Velarde yeah. right away is making that trade look good. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh oh, Eck froze. No, he's fine. I saw that. Okay. So no. Um. So yeah. I mean. I, um. Let's see. Who else? Who well, else? I think there's a, there's a really good, there's a really good one in the chat room. Um. Go ahead. Which Randy's throwing out there, which is the Huberto trade. Um, yeah, Huberto is going to come off my lips for sure. Uberdo has got to be one of the big ones that you know that you'd like to do back. Um, giving up what you gave up for him. I mean, you, ha- you obviously you had to move him. You had to move Kachuk, but you know, getting Uberdo back is like a is like a double whammy kind of. Um, it really has. He really has just and then and then signing him and you know not just getting him in the trade, but then extending <laughs> extending him as well. You know, that's a biggie. And if you, but if you look at the time of the trade, people thought that Calgary did well getting Huberdo and getting uh, Uyghur in that trade. Yeah, yeah, and um, obviously, do you think they regret the Nazem Kadri signing? Because I think they do. Yeah, probably because Nazem Kadri is the kind of guy you get if you're gonna if you're close to winning it. Now you're stuck with him, you know. Now you're. you're I mean, I'll give you one for Vancouver is Kuzmenko. Like that was, you know, he had a nice year last year, and they just way overpaid him, and now they don't sure. know what to do with him. Uh, I'll go back further on one. The Tyler Myers contract is the one they were one they regret. Yeah, but Myers is so long ago. Like I, you know. Yeah, he but he's making six. Years left. He's making six. Right, I'm saying it, it, he's making over six million dollars, and he wasn't yeah, a six million dollar defenseman. Like five for three more years. Yeah, I, I'm just saying going going back, yeah. they were that one. Yeah, I mean, the, boy, they <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. I mean, it, it also does come into play that you know, even though the player might not be there anymore, the repercussions of having to dig out of it are still there. You know, like, 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 like in a lot of situations, like you know, that's that's what's like like, going like, like the OEL deal. That 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 was. Right. I mean, honestly, I am shocked that Vancouver is thriving as much as they are right now, based on what they went through. Um, you know, the, 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 obviously the buyout of OEL, I mean, was a, was a good thing because it was such a distraction. 
Um, I mean, but right now, like everything has gone right for them. I mean, Pedersen is going is phenomenal. Besser is scoring like crazy. Hughes is probably the leading candidate. Either Hughes or Makar are the leading candidates for the North. Yeah. Demko has been unbelievable. I'm going to say Every Bobby Holik, right? Can I can I use Bobby Holik? Is that yeah, because right. Scott, Gomez, Lee Scott Gomez led to Ryan McDonough. Oh, okay. Go. No, no, but I, I looked up Kuzmenko. Two years, five and a half, no trade. Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. I, was go with, I was going with the Flyers. I couldn't remember his name because I've been just losing my, I don't know, losing well, my what's well, Mike Rapp. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, the, Kevin Hayes, the Kevin Hayes signing by the Flyers still to uh, me. Yeah, seven years, 50 mil. Has had such repercussions all along the way. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll ask a better Rapp. one. Do you think Minnesota regrets at all the Ryan Suter and Zach Parise deals? Yeah. No, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. They did undo it. They, kind of, they did undo that for what it's worth. Uh, here, I'll, I'll go back in I history. they're doing way better than people thought they would with that whole thing. Andrew Raycroft for Tuka Rask. And how and how about how about uh, Randy Carlisle for Dave Burroughs? Oh my God! Anything with Randy Carlisle and Mike—he won a Norris Trophy, Russ. I know, but it's as a coach, as you know, it's oh, as a player. I'll give it to you. Jeez. It's well, so for the Flyers, you have to go back. You also have to go back to Patrick Sharp for Umberger. That's like to me one of the ones that sticks in there forever. Well, it's only because, wait, it's only because Hitchcock did not like Patrick Sharp. I know they got rid. Of, they get rid of Patrick Sharp. And, who's obviously they, a talented player and and could show and showed glimpses for you know for and, and I'll be I'll be the future predictor of one when the when the Flyers trade Morgan Frost they'll immediately regret that deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean he's he's playing well enough now that yeah. they may not make that mistake. There are some people that sure. believe that they, they, but the real diehard Tortorella people. Think that Tortorella's handled this perfectly. I was had a whole discussion with him the other day. Oh no, he's not handled this perfectly. He hasn't, like, I, I'm with. I'm 100 with you. Here's on that. a perfect example. Okay. Yeah. So they're going on a Western road trip, and they basically brought up, uh, and I'm forgetting his name from the Phantoms, uh, Brett Gardner. They, Brett they brought up Brett Gardner instead of bringing up a young player whom you might want to be able to put in the lineup. They're putting Brett Gardner in there in case someone gets sick. But they don't want to put a young player in there, and they're not bringing a, a defenseman. So it's like, who has he really worked in youth-wise to help move towards the youth movement? You could still win and play one more young player every game if you wanted to, but he doesn't want to. Right, right. No, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think this could have been handled much differently, and you know, but you know. But right there's, now, while they're winning, it hides all that. But I'm just saying there's a lot of development yeah. that's not happening. Again, I go back to Eck, and you were on the show. Uh, Brad Richards was brought in as a video coach for the power play for Tampa, and it's doing better now. Yeah, no, for St. Louis. For St. Louis. Louis. For St. Louis. St. Louis, sorry. And it's doing better now. John Tor he played for John Tortorella. You think yeah, John did. would call exactly, Russ? That's why. Help? That's that. Why the hell would he come and? Why the hell would he work with John Tortorella? He knows him. No, but you know, he might. You don't know. No, but the but reality is that there's players who like. There are players that adore Tortorella. Like it's the opposite, Mike. Like it could be like we don't know that Richards is one of those guys that thinks Tortorella is right. the best. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if he was one that adored torts, he'd probably be working for him. Obviously, he doesn't because he's not. Here's something I said on another show that got a, a rise, and I'll say it to you, Eck, because oh, yeah. it's the truth. John has focused so much on the penalty kill 
because he loves the penalty kill. He knew getting Couturier back would help the penalty kill. The penalty kill is like Superman, and the and the and the power play is like Clark Kent. And <laughs> they just let this go for a year yeah. and a half, and they have no answer for it. And the funny thing is, is like if they actually want to be a playoff team, you need to fix the power play, and they yeah. can't. Play. Can't go anywhere without a power play and goaltending in the playoffs. We know this. So power play is as everything in the playoffs. And you because you can't, it just changes the dynamic of every game. And to Andrew answer, answer Drew, no, I'm sure Torts did not ask Red Richards. That's my point. He needs to ask right. for outside help because the coach there right now cannot do it. And right now, while they're on the road, they're not going to be able to fix the power play with something new because they're not going to have enough practice time. And that's going to be the excuse for the next week or two. Meanwhile, you've gone a year and a half with one of the worst power plays in the league, and they had talent on it. It's not like they should be the worst power play. No. And and you know, and the Brad Richards thing, but the Brad Richards thing to me feels like, okay, it wasn't like Brad Richards was announcing, I am now a power play highlight coach, you know, or whatever. Oh, he's doing it from his house in the Hamptons. But, but, just, but the, the, the best team, the best team playing me as their new power play coach. I, it, that feels like one of those things that, you know, that Brad Richards knows somebody at St. Louis was talking to them and saying, you know, and Brad Richards says, you know, oh, he knows somebody in Philly too. And he was very good on the power play. Yeah, no, no, I know. But I, I just, I wonder if I just, I don't think. I mean, here's was, another thought. Ek. Yeah. And people, people will, some people will not agree with this. Why don't you call Joe Molina? Ask him to do video coaching for you. You don't have to bring him in. But if you remember, Joe Mellon was pretty good on the power play and pretty good power play coach, too. Yeah. No, he was. He was, a, he was a, he a great, but also was a ranger, you know. So I don't know. But he, he, was, he did it for the Flyers. Who cares? <laughs> no, he did. I know. I know. I know. It's very, very curious as to how this would play out. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's, that's a tough one for me. But I think that I'm glad Richards is doing – but I just don't think it was – I don't think it was like Richards was out there. I think it was just to me. Okay, they called Vinny LeCavier. I mean, there's guys you can call. There's gotta be somebody. Oh, yeah. Sure, there's gotta be sure, somebody sure could... Oh, Mike, you got the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah it's because I did this. I think I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Eck doesn't know about this. Eck, if he gets a thumbs up, um, a, a, a little bubble pops on his screen. I saw it. And then one day was fireworks. I, I still have. I still have a picture of that. So somebody in the chat room has the ability to do this. I guess. I guess. Or it's a hack. It's a hack of some sort. There is something now. Did you see the, the with the, the Twitter and, and StreamYard joined up or things that people can t tweet out? If you if if you're watching the show, you can tweet it out somehow on Twitter, and your and your thing can show up in the chat room. I don't know how that exactly. Oh, really? Works. I didn't know that. I'm oh. gonna find out more about that, but it's a new thing on StreamYard here that I was I was reading about. But I don't know quite how that works. But um, anyway, it's about all the time we have for today, folks. Um, enjoy a nice game. Remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We're going to be heating up the rumors very soon. So enjoy.